Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode. Sorry, sorry, one second. John, that means second last. Sorry, sorry, penultimate. Hello and welcome once again. <laughs> I'm Kieran O'Connor, joined by John Bath and Mike Carlson. Gentlemen, it's it's John, it's our second last episode. I, I confused there. I can see by the eyes you didn't know what I meant. Penultimate. We learn a new word every day here, and that's, that's what I try and yeah. do around these parts. The the pen the ultimate. ultimate. Pen. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming to coming to a close, guys. This is our last one on uh, on Zoom together for for a little while too, I suppose. That is well, correct. That's good that's a very point. Yep. Yeah. So our Super Bowl special uh, will be filmed uh, for. Uh, we're going to be all live together, basically. People, um, we're going to have a little small crew with it as yeah. well. Some of our most hardened listeners, uh, some of Mike's fans, are coming down just to have a little chat with him. Um, so that'll be out on, as usual, the Wednesday before the Super Bowl. So we're not on next week. We're not going to do the Pro Bowl. We're just we, we might jump on a Zoom call, the three of us <laughs> together, just to have a chat. You know, <laughs> shan't be filmed, shall we say? Uh, what, and, what's the line what's the line on the first person to, to, to pull a groin or, or a hamstring <laughs> or something during the pro during the pro bowl festivities the touch football touch football game or whatever i thought you were talking about us there for a second to be honest who's the first I mean, person it's to equally touch a likely, groin yeah, in our show yeah, I, can, I, can really, I can see myself pulling a hammy doing something like that to be quite honest with you Gentlemen, discussing the pro bowl anyway what a weekend um well, let's get get something out there that I want to talk about because uh, my show, the the games. I suppose they probably, if you compared Wildcard Weekend with this weekend, you would probably say Wildcard Weekend was more exciting and had the better games in terms of drama. What we had this weekend was the Saturday games kind of went the way that we thought that they would. Sunday games, obviously, the Bills really flopped to be honest and there were a lot of people's picks including mine for the Super Bowl so my Super Bowl bets are all now kaput so you guys need to tell me who to back for the Super Bowl so I have something to cheer on for the next week or two the Bills really disappointed and and, and the kind of I had an idea watching the game and a lot of people I think would have had that eventually the Bills are going to get going on the second quarter they're going it went 14-7 right they're in it now third quarter starts poorly and then it kind of just faded away that game and in the 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 last game, which was Cowboys 49ers, it, it, again, it was kind of not a lot of great scoring and kind of always felt like 49ers had, if it was a horse race, they had their neck out in front. So it probably wasn't ex- as exciting as Wildcard Weekend, or do you disagree with me on that? I thought it was better in a sense. Um Certainly, I, I I thought Dallas San Francisco was really good. I mean, it was just intriguing the whole way, and 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 the um the outcome was in doubt right up till the end um and i thought cincinnati i was just so impressed with cincinnati's performance against buffalo that that made up for the fact that it wasn't really that competitive um a game and you had hang on did i you know last week i didn't take jacksonville as my best bet did i you did did you take i did it from, no yeah yeah yeah, well, every week that kept it like that's like five weeks in a row. <laughs> I've cho- chosen between two and chosen the wrong one each time. <laughs> but but I I did have Jacksonville plus eight and a half, and I thought that game was really good as well because you know it still could have gone either way. Um, yeah, you know, the Jacksonville I, game I, was probably the most enjoyable for me as yeah, like you know as a game. I just feel that while you say Dallas and San Francisco was an exciting game, it just kind of felt always like San Fran had the we're a little bit more on top, and that well, there's defense. Prescott yeah. was was he was always likely to do something a yeah. bit mental. Yeah, 
Yeah, but that was two very good defensive teams. I mean, yes. that was maybe the best defensive performance I've seen from Dallas all season. Um, and you know, and for and for the for the um 49ers to hold Dallas to 12 points is it's a really great defensive performance. You know, I someone I was talking to a couple of days ago, you know, said, Oh, I love that kind of football, and immediately went to the Patriots beating the Rams 13-3, you know, and and part <laughs> of it is part of it is that some of us like watching defense, you know, in, in a sort of dominant position when it's still a close game, two defenses in in a good position. Um, and the fact is that it's a one-score, you know, it was a one-score game for the you know, the whole game, yep. basically. That could have been broken open at any time if if either the offenses had really de- been able to deliver. John, I'm I'm going to go to you for the Bills. Obviously, as I mentioned, I I, I you know I kind of was vocal about my feeling that they you know were were a good shot at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They've actually probably regressed, you would say, because they got to the AFC Championship game last year and only lost because of you know crazy stuff at the end by Mahomes. This year, two playoff games. Poor had a poor enough end of season. We were slightly concerned about them, but thought they'd get in the playoffs. Had a poor playoff game against Miami, but again, you think, look, they'll get it going. The Bills, yeah. And then, you know, it's a home snow game, which you think that they might have some sort of uh, a little advantage. I know you love snow. Um, <laughs> the really, game's very entertaining, but yeah, they got taken apart. It was a ga- it was a strange game. I thought I, I I don't know if you recall here, and I think I texted to our our kind of our group chat on, on WhatsApp that. Throughout that entire game, I was just sort of expect, just waiting, you know, waiting for Josh Allen, waiting for the for the Bills offense to sort of click into gear. And it's like, oh, it's second half now. Now they'll get going. Or okay, start of the fourth quarter. Now, like, listen, the you know the t- times are ticking here. They have to get moving. But they just never really did. They never they never really hit their pace. And you saw that frustration, I think, bleeding out onto the pitch, particularly with um, dur- like during the game and particularly afterwards as well. With St- I don't know if you saw Stefan Diggs' comments, Diggs, yeah, because yeah, he was he he seemed to be almost distraught at the thing because his 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 stance was for, from at least from the reporting and, and a couple of things that were up on on social media was that it's just the same old same old stuff happening here in buffalo you know we get to this point but we just can't break through that glass ceiling of, of getting to the next stage or getting to a super bowl or winning a championship game so that seems to be the case and it, it, it's a strange one for the bills at home to sort of get to be almost relying on like an air raid style offense at home in a snow game against a team like Cincinnati, it, it just it wasn't really too tight as as to what the the Bills DNA has generally been for the last few seasons or, or your predominantly over the last couple of decades, really, if you think about it. But yeah, it it was a strange one. But I think yeah, it's it's a little bit of an indictment on how that offense is put together. I think um, yeah, I, I think that's the best point you've made actually there, John. Right at the end is. is you you look at that Bills team, and maybe it's something we should have we did pick up a little bit on, but maybe we should have made more of it during the season that they don't really have a star player. Like they don't have a Jamar Chase. They don't have a Cooper Cup from last year that they can rely on when they're you know when they really need to. It's not Diggs. He's not the man necessarily, and they don't really have a running game outside of Josh Allen. So kind of look at it, and now I'm starting to wonder why I ever backed them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's true. I, I suppose in that sense, it's almost like the Josh Allen himself is that star player, but you know. Giselle, if, don't make me do the Giselle quote. I have to do it like three times a year. Yeah, you know? What's your Giselle quote again? He yeah. can't throw and catch the ball. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said. I mean, it's very true, but I guess it just goes to show that in, in games like this, and you know, you, you have to pay credit to um, Cincinnati here because if you're absolutely the name of the game of these things, if your defense is to shut down the the offense, the opposing offense's primary weapons, and look, I mean, I, I agree with you, Kieran, about you know they don't have a Jamar Chase or anything like that, but Diggs is a fantastic player. 
But, you know, if you take him and you take Alan or you restrict Alan's ability in the game, that's how you end up with a, a 27 to 10 home loss. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I was I was downgrading the Bills a lot in the last in the last month of the season. You know, I, I thought they were very, very lucky to beat New England. Um, there were a couple of key calls in that game that went their way, um, including the second kickoff touchdown return and the, and the nullified New England touchdown. I think they probably still would have won that game as they did against Miami, but they didn't look good doing it. And, but the injuries to the Bengals offensive line kind of overwhelmed me in terms of picking, of picking this game. And after the first, ser- you know, in the first series, you saw them get pressure and Burrow simply stepped, stepped out of it and still completed passes, you know, very casually, very easily. Uh, and after that, it was like it was like they they really stopped um and they, and their defensive line was handled by the Bengals offensive line yeah. the running was great for them because it makes your your offensive lineman job easier and the tight ends i thought Wilcox in particular was was brilliant in terms of taking taking out the buffalo linebackers and with so many teams in the nfl now playing with two linebackers and five five defensive backs, those guys have a big responsibility and neither of Buffalo's guys is big. Um, and the tight ends were handling them and which was a big thing in the rush game. And I think Diggs is a great player. Um, you know, go, going back to college at Maryland when they, when he didn't have great quarterbacks and they, they were playing against better teams, but they seem to now be using him as a deep threat only, um, you know, or primarily I should say not only, but you know, it would be like third and two, and that, and you you go deep to digs, and and you know the defensive back ties him up, incomplete. Uh, Allen overthrows him by six inches, incomplete. You know what was what was that all about? You know why not run Allen? I was amazed they didn't run Allen more because yeah. if, if there's one thing we know is that is that the single wing, you know, um, the numbers in the single wing offense where you have to account for the quarterback or make teams really successful when they have a guy who can do that. You know, that's Jalen Hurts. That's Josh. It should be Josh Allen. You know, I, I was really surprised. Who should who should look back now at the season that's gone out this weekend and sort of say, right, well, look, we have very much the skeleton of a team here in place that next season can go for a Super Bowl. Is it is it Dallas, obviously, who, who came on leaps and bounds despite the way that they went out? They were far better this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Buffalo actually went back. Is it Buffalo? Is it the Jags who kind of finished yeah. strong? Yeah, I don't know if the Jags are ready for a Super Bowl next year, but they're certainly ready for a, a long run. You know, yeah. they're they're kind of like the the barely in the playoffs team that that's doesn't need all that much to get better. Um, yeah, and they've got it's it's crucial as well. We've spoken about it before on the show, but they've got a good quarterback on a rookie deal, which is very important for for roster yeah. building. Yeah. And they had they had a couple of good picks last year. And don't forget as well for going into next year they'll have Calvin Ridley in there to uh, for for yeah. Trevor Lawrence to throw to, which could be quite big as well. So if they have a good free agency period and a good a good draft, this is already a team that made it to the divisional round. So I mean, yeah. that might be the ceiling for them for a year or two. We'll see what happens. But I mean, it's it's de- they're definitely trending upwards. There's no doubt about that because they were at the bottom of the barrel this time last year. You know. Yeah, and it, it Detroit didn't make the playoffs, but I think Detroit would be the, the kind of Jacksonville team in the in the NFC. You know, more than the Giants. Um, I I think the Giants have more to do to to make that team better. Um, and you you saw the limitations of of game planning around Daniel Jones's strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that applies to Jared Goff as well, you know, and, and we saw Goff in the 
Super Bowl against the Patriots when you when you attack his weaknesses, you, what you could do. But I thought it was really significant. Ben Johnson last week just announced he wasn't going to take a head coaching job. Um, he was going to stay with Detroit as offensive coordinator because he liked what was going on there and he thought that they, they were building in the right direction. But, you know, that's what Byron Leftwich did last year with, with Tampa. You know, he turned down the Jacksonville job uh, because he thought, you know, okay, now Bruce Aarons is out of the way. Tom and I have a great thing going. Look where that got him. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit about our Super Bowl show. But what we think about is going to happen next season. I think, you know, there's a lot going to happen. Even news yesterday that, you know, the Packers are willing to really trade Aaron Rodgers, but he has to go to an <laughs> AFC team, which is they won't trade within the NFC. But, or a you know, CFL team. Yeah, exactly. uh, and the New York Jets seem to be the one that stuck their hand up. I'm not too sure. I, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is going to be like one of those teachers who doesn't want to, you know, He'll pick the teacher. Like, yeah, I'm going to retire. <laughs> I, I can see your hand, Kieran, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but I want to talk about what we have to come because boy, oh boy, has it been interesting. How could a team with Zach Wilson want Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> yeah. We we need to talk about the outright betting and we need to talk about the Bengals and, and what's happened with Kansas City because Obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals now play the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. The line opened up with Kansas City two and a half point favorites, and now they are underdogs. But in the outright betting market, we've also seen that the Kansas City Chiefs were favorites for the Super Bowl. They're now third favorites for the Super Bowl. The Bengals have gone from 11 to 4 to 9 to 4, and the Eagles have been snipped into 9 to 4, and the San Francisco 49ers have pushed out the 3 to 1. So let me just round it all up in a bow for you guys, as John likes to say. We got Eagles 9-4, we got Bengals 9-4, we got KC 5-2, and we got San Francisco 49ers 3-1. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? And not only that, I can also tell you this, that whomever turns out to be the Super Bowl, it is more than likely, I'm told by the traders, a pick'em game. No matter what the matchup is. Uh, it's yeah, a I, I looked, at, you, I looked at your odds. Yeah, they were they were all, the spreads were one, one and a half, and the, and the odds yeah. were like 11, 11 to 10 on everybody. So yeah, you're, you're, talking talking, you're talking to pick them. Closest we've seen a Super Bowl market in a very long time. As you now know, my Buffalo Bills bets they deserve that. that Spurs winning the Champions League was that, that, one? that was another one that's down the train thank you for bringing that one up as well you know what's going to happen Spurs are going to win the Champions League and it's going to be the Bills that let that bad boy yeah, Spurs have a better. yeah Spurs have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl yeah. <laughs> well they're heavily involved in football Mike um, who if I am now looking to get back involved in the Super Bowl and I am who should I be looking at, oh dear experts? Well, based upon the odds that you just <laughs> said there, Kieran, you said three to one for the 49ers. That's, yeah. I mean, if you're just looking for pure value of one of the four teams left in the competition, I think that's where the value lies. The other teams, like you say, are kind of, you know, the, there's not a great deal of distance between them, at least in the market sense of the, of the phrase. But uh, three to one for a team like the 49ers who were, you know, on a, I can't remember off the top of my head, on a six or seven or eight game win streak um, with, the, with the quarterback who's never 12. lost it. Call it, it, call it is 12. It, is it that is much? It, it's 12, yeah. But uh, and, and again, with the, with the quarterback who's never lost a, a game in his professional career. So, But again, that's probably, you know, there's two ways to look at that. I, I remember when Jimmy, I, that was Jimmy Garoppolo a few years ago. Yeah, if you, that, that's, if you remember. that's true. Yeah, that's true. I, I think in the sense that it, it, it is actually just, if we're going to speak about the 49ers briefly, it is um, it, it, Brock Purdy who is sort of hamstring the odds for them really that's the reason that the odds i believe are, are are so low for him or for the 49ers as a whole because he is a, a rookie because he is unproven because but you know he, we keep saying this we've talked about him like every week now for the past four or five weeks 
he's still, he's continuing to pass his tests. Like he's looking a little bit more, he's not blowing through teams like he did at the end of the regular season when the, when the 49ers were just absolutely flying. But again, he's playing better defenses like obviously with the Cowboys last week, but he hasn't started the last two games tremendously well. But I think to his, to his credit, he has overcome kind of hurdles and obstacles mid-game in games and kind of overcome them and, and seen it through to the finish line. So let's, it, it's, he's two games away from one of the most legendary seasons a quarterback has had in the NFL. So even if it's just half a season he's played, but you know, it, it's, it would be a storybook tale. And if, if he does get there and win to the Super Bowl three to one, if you pick it now, that's, that's really good odds. I think. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about the 49ers, we might as well move on to to the games, Mike. Uh, and you can give me your your Super Bowl pick as you generally just do the games. <laughs> I, I assume. So, uh, it should be mentioned as well that San Francisco 49ers have announced that Purdy is the starter next season. Now they are highly likely to. Yeah, I don't know why they bothered to do that, but there was actually there were actually reports saying that Jimmy G might he's he might suit up this week. Um, that, and, yes, and he, he might be back. He might yeah. st- he might start, and I mean, who? That would be astonishing. Why would you start a guy who hasn't played? You know, you're on a 12 game winning streak. Why would you start a guy who hasn't played in seven weeks? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, well, it's insane. Me, while you're saying that, then Mike, let, let me let me ask you this, right? So, hold on, 49ers Philadelphia Eagles, 23 to 20 about the 49ers Philadelphia Eagles, seven to 10. The spread is 2.5 plus 2.5 for the 49ers Eagles getting the 2.5. 46.5 is the over under, right? So, while we're talking about this game. If Purdy was to get into trouble against the Eagles, maybe throw a couple of picks, maybe start to lose his head in a you know in one as a huge game, at any point does he turn to Jimmy? It's G? possible. Yeah, I, I think that that's a possible scenario if 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 Garoppolo's if Garoppolo's healthy, but it's a I think it's an unlikely one. Um, I think John said two weeks ago in the first half, Purdy looked like a rookie quarterback for the most part, but in the second half, he came out and played well. Last week was tougher and he still looked like a rookie for most of the game. Um, you know, he still made a few plays. He avoided turnovers, which was the big thing, you know, and a couple of times he was running around like a chicken with his head cut off, literally. I mean, no, figuratively, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, literally you know, would um, be so much better. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he always seems to run to his left and then turn around and he was yeah, getting, he was kind of yeah. getting, kind of getting away with it, but he couldn't find receivers. You know, he was under a lot of pressure and, um, I wonder because Philadelphia led the league in sacks, right? They had 70 sacks, which is a huge number um, in this season. And the difference between them and Dallas is they're harder to they're harder to run on, but I think they're not as quick at the second level. They're, you know, I was talking about those two linebackers. Um Kazir White and TJ Edwards are not as good as Milano and Edmonds. They're 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 not as good as um as Micah Parsons and Vander Esch, um, you know, with in terms of how much they cover. And I think that may be the thing that the 49ers can depend on. The Eagles secondary, especially if Avante Maddox is back from injury, is really good. So they're like, they're really good up front. They're really good in the back. Their only real shortcoming is in that that middle area. Whereas the Niners secondary or the Niners defense, the weak part is the secondary. If they, especially if they have to go man coverage on Devonta Smith and, and um, AJ Brown. So, I mean, I, I really want to pick the Niners here. Um, and I right I, up or I, with I, the points. Sorry, just, well, just... Uh, if it was three, I'd take the points. Um, straight up, I you know, 
I, I like the odds there, but I'm I'm kind of arguing against myself as as I do this because Philadelphia matches up well with them. And I'll give you one little trivia point. Um, in 2019, Oklahoma beat Iowa State 42 to 41. Jalen Hurts threw for 273, three touchdowns, ran for 68 and two touchdowns, and a sophomore quarterback called Brock Purdy threw for two eight threw for 285 and five touchdowns and ran for 55 and another touchdown. So these guys have these guys have played each other before, and it was pretty damn close then. And I assure you, Oklahoma was probably a better team top to bottom than Iowa State was. Interesting, interesting. Uh, how you see this one, John? Because obviously you, you you've kind of said uh, uh, points or, or sorry, uh, odds wise, you like 49ers at threes, but I mean at the end of the day, a three to one counts for nothing if they lose. On that's true. You know yeah, like I mean, that, that's why I think you know if you're going if if you have if anyone listening to this has a feeling that the 49ers will get this done, will will win the Super Bowl. Now is the time to take that bet. You know, there's no point doing this next week or uh, do you know what and I'm, I'm uh, sorry to interrupt i know it's annoying but I, i'm not being funny here either like but if you fancy a team to win the super bowl now it's absolute time because it's 94 94 5 to 2 3 to 1 mm-hmm. and if they get to the super bowl it's going to be a pick em game so it's even more exactly so if you, if you, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're you're getting value right now like if you fancy the 49ers or if you're like the bengals are going to win then you have you know, nine to four about the next game, essentially. Like it's just um Yeah. Whoever ends up winning the Super Bowl, you're not gonna get better odds on them than you are today or tomorrow or than in the next, you know, before the weekend comes around. So I think that's that, that's worth noting. Um but as this particular game goes, it's hard to look past both teams' defenses in this uh in this game. They're you know two of the argue maybe even the two best in the league, you know, with the a couple of others in there. I think Dallas are pretty good and stuff as well. But yeah, the 49ers and Eagles has all the makings of sort of an arm wrestle type game potentially. And I think, you know, the Eagles, well, I'm just got looking at my notes here. The Eagles have the third ranked offense. That's just PFL stuff, but the Eagles have the third ranked offense in the NFL, which is just separated. It's been such a, like a great foundation for them to build off throughout the entire season. And it explains how they went off to, you know, I don't know. I can't remember how many games they lost in the, in the regular season, but they had that amazing run at the start where they looked invincible and then sort of, looked a little bit more human as, as we've got into the final third of the season. Um, so that could be a factor as well. But, you know, again, I, I don't want to overstress the point, but so much of this will come down to the 49ers quarterback play. And if if Purdy goes out there and, and, and looks good, if he has even a semblance of the game that Mike just described to the, against Jalen Hurts in college, that would make it tremendously interesting. But I think that the route to victory for the 49ers here is to keep the ball in hand and potentially run it because... The, the Eagles defense is really good, but if they have a little bit of an Achilles heel, it, it, it's the run game, I think. And that's where, you know, we, we talk about how you know, how good a trade and how important Christian McCaffrey has been to this 49ers offense as the season has gone on. He's been like, that's actually a rare instance of a trade, I think, that worked for both teams, um, but particularly the 49ers. And, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, you know, if, if, if this if he's a central figure in this game, it really, really lends towards the towards the 49ers. Um, as for who will win, listen, I, I was kind of, I mean, I picked, like like a lot of people, I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. But if you remember, the Eagles were kind of my, my dark horse team. So I'm going to pick the Eagles to win. But I think I'm 
leaning more towards just look picking the under again of this one. I hate to be pessimistic, but the, the over under this one is 46.5. And I think that's a relatively attractive one, given that these, these are two very, very good defensive teams. And like I said, I do have that slight suspicion that the 49ers run the ball a lot, which will help the clock tick towards uh, towards 60 a bit quicker. So I think, uh, yeah, under 46.5 is my play in this game. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you on, on the under there. And, and I just want to say the best the best performance by San Francisco last week was that fourth quarter drive where they it ended in a field goal, which which helped them because it, it created a, another score in the, in the lead. But they ran the ball seven times um, on a, what I think was a 14-play drive. They threw on first down a couple of times. Uh, they got one third down pass conversion by passing the pass to Ayuk. But the rest of the time they were running Mitchell, even though he wasn't gaining a lot of yards until you know they finally wore down toward the end. He got that one 12-yard, 13-yard run for a first down. And I, I thought that was Kyle Shanahan showing that he's learned something since that Atlanta Super Bowl game. Mm-hmm. You know, that what was important there was to control the ball. And when they had to do it, they did it. Um, and that was really what won the game. Um, it really took Dallas out of any out of a chance. Um, and then Dallas, of course, managed to self-destruct in 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 that last two minute uh two-minute period. Uh, perfectly designed plays. What are you on about, Mike? Anyway, <laughs> um, it, it should be noted, obviously, you guys mentioned Christian McCaffrey. Uh, two things from the weekend that, that stood out for me from, from those, from both, from all the games really is long drives, you know, seven, six, seven-minute mm. drives, which obviously affects the over-under. Like if you've got a team time, yeah. that gets the ball on the 10 yards and they take seven minutes to score a touchdown or a field goal, you're obviously not, and you saw it in the Bengals Bills, where the Bengals had a couple of seven minutes. Bengals drove for seven minutes, scored a touchdown. The Bills do a three and out, and the Bengals drive for never seven minutes. And suddenly you've quarter off the clock. You haven't yeah. had the ball, basically. Um, and the other thing is, you mentioned Christian McCaffrey. It should be noted, obviously, he, he, he only got 35 yards in the game against uh, Dallas, a touchdown as yeah. well. But they need to get him more involved, you would feel, this weekend than 35 yards, surely. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely. But yeah, 100% in that one. Like, if he's limited to 35 yards, I kind of give, give or take. I mean, maybe he gets a touchdown or two within that. But yeah, if, he, if he's limited to 35 yards in an ineffective piece of the game. Yeah, that, that would yeah. obviously very much change how I, how I see the game going. But you surprised by that, Mike, that one, that figures? Not, well, not really. Um because in, in a couple of games of the last three games, he's ha- he's been held running in two of the last three. Um, he had a, had a good day la- la- the week before, but he also has the receiving yards. Exactly. And like like I said, I thought it was impressive they had Mitchell on the on the field in that fourth quarter drive, which was a signal they were going to run the ball, um, and and you know run, pound it up up the middle, um, which is which is what they did. And uh, McCaffrey, like Debo, you know. The value to the team is the possibility as much as anything else. If they're running the ball, and it, I think it'll be hard against um, the Eagles front, but because they're side to side, I don't think the Eagles are as good as Dallas will be because they're bigger. They're, they're more of a pound you defense, and it, you know they could get in and disrupt everything on the inside. Um, but so it may be more open for him. But part of his value is simply they split about. They try to they try to confuse your coverage 
manipulate your coverage so you can get a mismatch and whether the mismatch is on him or on Ayuk or on Debo or even on Kittle um you know that's what he that's part of what he's there for and he doesn't have to gain a lot of yards rushing in order to be valuable in, it's in part, that it seems to be, it's part of the kind of the 49ers offensive identity as well because I think like McCaffrey is to running backs what Debo is to wide receivers in the sense that they can kind of both do either aspects of the game and Kyle Shanahan really really does that he'll I mean, you throw out, even when McCaffrey was at the Panthers, they'll split him out wide and, and just have him as a wide receiver for some plays. And obviously we've seen, maybe not so much this year, but last season in particular, Debo Samuel was excellent when he played running back and then he was going out wide as well. So I think that that's been a huge key for the 49ers is just when, when the, particularly when those two guys line up, you don't really know what's going to happen if you're a defense. Yeah. And if yeah. you're asking questions about those types of things, that just puts the, uh, the ascendancy definitely on the offense. McCaffrey's like a more explosive version of Austin Eckler. And what they recognize and what the Chargers don't is that you, you need to have a balance for McCaffrey on your in your run game. Um, the Carolina never realized that. You know, you, you're not going to keep if you keep running McCaffrey inside on third and twos and third and threes when they, they kind of know you're going you're gonna to run. That's not the best way to use it. Uh, and and Shanahan realizes that, which is why he's been so successful there, and why what John said at the beginning was absolutely right. Carolina Wilkes wanted to, to go to a power running game, and they got rid of McCaffrey, and and therefore um, he could do that with Chuba and and uh, Freeman as as the two running backs. So it worked for both teams. I just I just hope it worked well enough for Wilkes to keep his job in Carolina, because um, I think that okay. was a really really good move. We'll, uh, we'll we'll move on to that game. It just gives me an opportunity just to mention, of course, uh, many of you will know about our five euro bet five get five bet builder that we've been doing on the NFL over the last couple of weeks. It will apply to this game. Uh, so basically, if you do a five pound bet builder uh, on the 49ers Philadelphia Eagles, you will receive a five pound free bet, which of course you can use on the Bengals KC Kansas City game, which we're <laughs> going to talk about. So uh, terms and conditions for that promo and all promos are in the description of this pod, because obviously as with everything in life, terms and conditions. Get <laughs> <laughs> five, get five on that game. And you know what? We're going to do one at the end of the of this podcast. Can I just ask Fantastic. you, Bo, in like, if it's possible, in like five seconds or less? In fact, just give me who's going to win that game, John Bath. The last game we were talking about. Yes, Eagles. John. Eagles. Mike. Niners. Oh, I love it. I love. I love it when you <laughs> don't agree. It's like. It's beautiful. It's music to my ears. The Cincinnati Bengals take on the Kansas City Chiefs at half past 11. It's five to six about the Bengals. KC are even money. As I mentioned, the spread has been all over the place, but right now it is minus a 1.5 for the Cincinnati Bengals. In Arrowhead, I should mention, 47.5 is the over-under. Look, there's only one question, John, that you can ask here. Why has the line moved? Has it moved because people were impressed by the Bengals, or has it moved because there are question marks about Patrick Mahomes? I think you've n- hit the nail on the head. It's, it's both of those Which things. One? It's, uh, I'll go the homes more than anything else because mm-hmm. the, Chiefs, the Chiefs are at home. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot to consider with them. Um, the Patrick Mahomes injury. For those who are listening to the show or watching the show, you might not have seen the games last weekend. Patrick Mahomes team, he picked up a high ankle strain in uh, in the first half. Yeah, well, I think it was in the first half, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And uh, it looked like he was gone. And the, the replays, you know, the slow motion replays showed it looking like particularly eye-watering and, you know, things bending where they shouldn't. Um, but he came back on and he saw the game through after missing a little bit. He, you know, came back after the, after the half. Now, 
that's the sort of I, I've kind of read a little bit about this during the week. That's the sort of injury that you know, with adrenaline and before the swelling comes in, you can kind of gut through soon after it happens. But as the days tick over and as as the you know we get closer to the next game, that's when the swelling becomes an issue. That's when the restrictive movement becomes an issue. So we'll see to what extent that impacts him in the game. But I think the crucial thing to think about this is because it obviously impacts how the Bengals will play the game. But it, I think it. It, it really puts the fate, you know, I think it's a really good thing for them if, you, if you're a Bengals fan, because if you remember when uh, in the in the Chiefs Super Bowl, when basically if you put, if you have Mahomes in the pocket and you force him to move outside of the pocket and you chase him around, that's when he makes mistakes. If with an injury like this, potentially he is restricted to the pocket in a sense. So it, I think the, the Bengals will really, really know what Mahomes is going to do. They'll really have a, a sense on what the game plan will be. And crucially, they'll know how to get at him. They'll know where it'll be. So that's why I think that the Bengals are favorites going to this one. Uh, and as well, there's a bunch of other factors we can talk about as well. Joe Burrow is playing out of his skin. Um, he's got a, some great options there. And the Bengals just look like a very healthy team at the minute. But coming into this game, it's it, the questions are Patrick Mahomes. If he plays well, they have a great chance. If he's restricted, it's a Bengals game. Yeah, you, you can't really argue with that. But there's a lot of recency bias involved. You know, last week, everybody, including myself, was downgrading the Bengals because of injuries on the offensive line. Their offensive line, they put together, came out and played relatively well. Um, they weren't afraid to run behind it. Uh, Mahomes, uh, Burrow managed to um, dodge the rush initially. So that all of a sudden is gone. Everybody's forgotten about that. And I think Kansas City's front is better than Buffalo's front and is, is going to be harder for that offensive line to dominate. Uh, and, and they added another injury because uh, Karras was, was obviously hurt during that game, but continued to play the wonders of Toradol. I mean, Lane Johnson has a torn muscle and, and he's playing on it. They shoot it up and they shot up Mahomes obviously. And, you know, uh, but I agree with, with what John's saying. Mahomes is, is needs mobility. Um, that's, that's the core of his game. And if you take away the mobility, the, the Bengals have a really good pass rush. Um, you know, they, they attack, they attack you well. Uh, they bring players from, from strange positions, which we saw them kill Buffalo with. And that works. On the other hand, Joe Burrow lost the Super Bowl last year. Who was the last quarterback to lose a Super Bowl, his first Super Bowl? and then get back and actually have another Super Bowl to win or lose. Um, was Mahomes in the turf toe? No, no. No. The last guy who did that, the last guy who lost his his debut in the Super Bowl and then actually played in another Super Bowl was Jim Kelly. Okay, we're going back a while. Wow. <laughs> back in the back in 1990 1991. Yeah. And yeah, I I in all um of the 33 quarterbacks who've lost their Super Bowl debut, six of them have actually gotten back to the big game. Um, and there are, there are six really good quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Dawson, Dawson, more, apart from Craig Morton, Tarkenton, Greasy, Elway, and Kelly. So there's five of the six of the Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And and I, I love the I love this, but it doesn't really tell you anything because I think Burrow is on a track to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, given his given his first first couple of years. So so I guess our recency bias on this one is probably Mahomes' injury. Um, well, that, just gonna... on the that's why I was talking about the turf toe. Sorry, it, this has happened before, I suppose, because obviously that was yeah. that was that was Mahomes who suffered the turf toe. That was but, against but the a... Browns, wasn't it? Actually, 
He oh, actually not, injured it against the Browns. But, I think you're right. Oh, he injured it. Yeah, game. but that was that was against the um. But that was the, the Bucks uh, the Super Bucks, Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it had a drastic effect on him by the time it got to that game. But, the but a bigger yeah. But 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 a bigger cause in that game was the fact that that uh, the Chiefs were out without both their starting tackles, mm-hmm. um, and that meant that the injury was magnified because he had to run. Um, there was no way that you know Remmers was playing left tackle instead of right. There was no way they were going to keep out those bucks those bucks rushers. And that was the game with the famous the famous chart. Of of his scramble, the the where he ran 150 yards oh, yeah. in, the, in, in, <laughs> in circles, <laughs> you know he he was still relatively mobile, but he's going to have to do that again. I think he's going to be under a a, a lot of um, a lot of pressure from what's still a pretty good team. But I, I'm going with Cincinnati here because and and I know I can't be right with two road teams um, in this in this um, road home team home teams in the last like 10 years have. have dominated the this this um conference championship round but uh i just think absent mahomes absent the cincinnati offensive line um the weapons they have they have the one play big playmaking kind of weapons whereas uh the chiefs like the Niners have to manufacture. In fact, it's a good metaphor for both games because AJ Brown, we didn't mention Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. The, the the Eagles have game breakers, you know, guys who can make what turn one play into a into a big touchdown. Um San Francisco and um Kansas City both manufacture the openings for their players through play calling and and formation and things like that, which is not to put down, you know, guys like Kittle or Kelsey or, you know, or 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 Debo, um, you know, or, or whatever, you know, um, but they don't have that guy who you just throw the ball to, you know, who you say, go deep, we'll find you. Um, so I, I think that that's a, it's a really good, and I'm going with, I'm going with, with San Francisco who are the manufacturers in the first one. And then Cincinnati in the second one, again, I don't think both of those can be right. Okay. Johnny, take us home on this one. Yeah, I, I think, well, first, just to play a devil's advocate for a second here, if somebody had told us back in August or, or the start of September that you could get the Kansas City Chiefs at home in the AFC Championship game as underdogs, uh, at least on the points, yeah. that would be, that's a, that's a hell of a bet right there. So that still exists. You know, Patrick Mahomes is the big question, and it's it's what's certainly making, it's certainly influencing my decision, and I suspect both of yours to some degree as well. Um, but at the same time, it's still Patrick Mahomes, and who knows? Maybe the the ankle sprain wasn't that bad. You're not. You're, you're certainly not going to come out during the week and say like he's tipped up. He's well. Maybe they'll say that, but they won't. You won't get much out of out of uh, Andy the man's running and, faster and than boys. ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He didn't even yeah. need that ankle. Um, he'll be out. He'll be out there on the field, and they'll be making it. You know. Yeah, I, I th- you'll, you'll get a. I think you'll get a pretty good idea in the first quarter, uh, or at least in the first couple of possessions, that the Chiefs have how this game is is going to go. If Mahomes looks restricted out there. If if the Bengals know that they can, you know, they can restrict him to the pocket and just sit back in coverage and force him to make, you know, superstar passes, which he's capable of, that really tilts it in their favor. Um, but you know, it's I'm kind of thinking about just thinking about it now. I'm kind of convincing myself that the, the Chiefs as underdogs at home is a good bet here. But I think I'm just going to stick to what I was thinking about last night and with my notes. I, I think the, be- the Bengals had the better momentum. They just stopped 
and admittedly under par Josh Allen last week. Um, so I'm going to take them minus one and a half on the points. I think that's just the smarter bet as of now. Against, True, uh, but I'm not, gonna, compromise. I'm not going to let you do that either because I'm going to ask you flat out. So you went for the Eagles in the first game. Okay, you yeah. went for the 49ers. Mike, you've gone for the Cincinnati Bengals. John Buff. I'll go, I'll go Bengals too. They beat them last year. Uh, they, they can do it again, I think. Excellent. Excellent. Chiefs are say, even. The Chiefs are even straight up. That is true. I can tell you, we 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 have a forecast betting up. Um, obviously for like who, uh, will then win the Super Bowl? If you get what I mean. So obviously Cincinnati Bengals to be Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl is eleven to two. So again, if you've got some sort of an idea, so if you fancied it was going to be a San Francisco 49ers Cincinnati Bengals, shall we say Super Bowl, and you'd fancy the Bengals in said Super Bowl, you can actually back Cincinnati to beat San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl at seven to one right now in the okay. sports book. So all of those bets are available and up on the sports book. So if you've got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night, no, that towards <laughs> the Super Bowl, um, we you should check that out. I, I lost my train of thought the minute I did that. I shouldn't have done Me that. Too. Uh, I don't know what's going so on. Just hearing you sing a song here. You can also <laughs> just back the correct matchup as well. I can tell you favorites. So KC Philly is five to two favorite. Uh, sorry, it's not. Bengals Phillies is two to one favorite. Kansas City Chiefs Philly is five to two. It's three to one about Bengals San Francisco 49ers and seven to two about a KC San Fran 49ers repeat of a Super Bowl from a number of years ago. So again, there's plenty of things to get involved in. If you've got the inkling, if you think, screw these three people, <laughs> I know who's going to the Super Bowl. And better than that, I know who's winning the Super Bowl. Those markets are all above on the Betfair Sportsbook. But of course, they will all suspend on Sunday evening. So your timer starts. <laughs> Joe Burrow's three to one to be the Super Bowl MVP. Something like that. Um, <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this show. Uh, bar our best bets, which we're going to do right now. But a reminder, of course, of the Bet5 Get5 promotion. And very quickly, guys, best bets. John, I'll start with you because uh, while you're not as handsome as last week, <laughs> actually, I, I'm not going to start with I'm you the... because of that. Mikey, you get to go first because <laughs> John didn't dress up this week. <laughs> Who you got? Well, I'm tempted to take the halftime full time Philadelphia at halftime San Francisco at full time, but I'm that. I'm not sure it's a best bet. It's 15 to two though. That's 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 very that's very tempting. I'll go under in San Francisco Philadelphia. Okay, John. I was going to do that. I can't do that as well, can I? No, this is almost our hundredth show when you ask a question like that. So if I had worn a nice jumper gear and you would have gone to me first, and I could have got in a yeah. bet quicker. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty standard operating <laughs> podcast. Um, if, if... <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with. I know. I know. I picked. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go Bengals minus uh, minus one and a half. Then in that case, okay, I'm going to go over in the Bengals Chiefs game. I'm hoping for a shootout that we should get from two mm. AFC teams that like to. You know, hit some bombs. What you say the over under is, Kieran? Sorry, it's 47, 47 and a half. That's that's doable. Let us do yeah. a bet builder for the people out there. Uh, Dawson Knox let us down. Um, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> <laughs> we got some feedback on our Dawson Knox touchdown, and I can tell you it was it was not good. So let's let's uh, let's, I thought it was I thought it was made sense at the time. Me too. Now, you've gone for San Francisco 49ers, and uh, uh, Mike, you've gone for Dawson the Eagles. Uh, John, you went for for seven to ten. So it maybe would we. Would we compromise and say we'll take the 49ers with the points on this bet builder, or what would you sure. like? Yeah, no, that's fine by me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, would you, Mike, is it going to go over or under? The 49ers Philly? Mm-hmm. Um, under. That's my best under. bet. That's your best yeah. bet, of course. Apologies. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't listening. And um, 
the touchdown uh, score marker. So let's let's please let's get this right. So we've got to score a touchdown. I'm going to read out some names: Christian McCaffrey, obviously Jalen Hurts, Mike Sanders, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Devontae Smith, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Elijah Mitchell. I'm not going to read the whole team, guys. Someone's going to yeah, make it. would be the Dawson Knox pick, really. Yeah, da- exactly. <laughs> he's 11 to 5. I was looking at that anyway. Um, <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, 7 to 2. Um, I was looking at that too. Um, so, so Goddard or Elijah Mitchell? Is that who you're talking about? I like, I, I do like, I like Ayuk as well. I've got a feeling about, about him in this game. And I like Devonta Smith as well. Um, well, why don't we take out? Why don't we make this a bit interesting? We'll take out San Francisco 49ers because we would put the plus. We'll take the under. John, who did you say will score a touchdown? Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I'll go with him. And Mike, who did you say? Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Dallas <laughs> Goddard. Elijah Mitchell. Say Elijah, Elijah Mitchell. Can I tell you that is a seventy to one bet really? builder? You stick a fiver on that, you'll get three hundred and fifty-four. Uh, and a 74 back. So if you stick on Brandon Ayuk and Elijah Mitchell, both score a touchdown and under. Form a fiver, it's 354, and you get a fiver free bet as well. So there you go. Terms and conditions apply, as I said. It is in the description for those of you who do want to read about those terms and conditions. And I have some questions for you if you do. Uh, <laughs> our minor, again, uh, that uh, the racing season really is kicking into life. The National Hunt season, uh, well, Cheltenham is only, what, seven seven weeks away really now? Dublin Race Festival, two weeks away. So it's really into the, the meaty time of that. Race is going to be better at Wade In. Cheltenham only better, obviously, all shows on this network. If you do subscribe to the channel, and we football only better, cricket only better as well. So lots and lots to get involved in. We have no show next week, as it is, of course, Pro Bowl week, but we are back in two weeks where we'll be doing our live show. The three of us will be in studio and we're going to talk about everything about the Super Bowl. And of course, we are going to do, yes, people, we are going to do the novelty bets. And yes, people, we <laughs> are going to talk about the halftime show with Mike. Get his, his, All my favorite artists will be out pop cues, Pop music. Mike, do you actually know many who's playing? Whom, many of whom I've actually heard of. Do you know who's yeah, playing I just, this year? I just, I just looked it up, but I forgot. Um, Do when I did you look care. it up? When you say you yesterday. looked it up, you looked yesterday. it up yesterday because you know well, they the, they announced uh, it. They announced all the pre, you know, the pregame who sings the national anthem and who sings the national anthem two and who sings the national anthem black version. You know, there, so there's there's like three three national anthems now, and and who signs it and um, who is know, singing and, and the national anthem? Stuff. I forget. God. <laughs> Some country singer. Some guy. I don't know why I bother. I don't know why I bother. <laughs> the halftime show is Rihanna this year. Um, and we will Mike's be favorite artist. Yeah. We will be discussing in detail uh Rihanna's back catalogue with Mike in two weeks' time. Uh <laughs> thank you so much for listening. As I said, if you do want to get involved with Super Bowl outright betting or a forecast, now yeah, is the she, time for obvious reasons. It will She's the back. first the first Super Bowl halftime singer to be named after a song by Fleetwood Mac. Um, yeah, I gotta say, you got me there. <laughs> no idea, John. Do you know what he's talking about? I just just laugh here, and it's better. It's, no it's idea. Better. <laughs> oh, it's a that's what show. the audience is doing. Lovely. Uh, thank you so much for listening. As I said, we're back in two weeks with our Super Bowl special. I hope you can join us then. Have a fabulous weekend. Enjoy the games. Gamble responsibly. Have a lovely time. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. <laughs>